Welcome back, everybody, to the Mail Right Show. It's episode number 375. Wow. Uh, John and I are going to talk to you about... You poor your... man. You've had to put up with me for 175, I think 175 episodes plus, probably. Before, before we get into this, everybody, we're sitting here before the show, and, and John, you know, we're talking about... Uh, we're we're talking about how our weeks have been, and he he looks at me and he goes, and I I'm commenting to him, oh my god, you're so busy because I've seen all these calls in his calendar, and he comments to me, well, how do I say this, Robert? When you're so focused, I don't know what the the hell he was trying to say, but I honestly think that everybody is what he was trying to say is that usually I am a like like yeah. Halfway to being an asshole. You're just very focused, more focused than me in some way. I, I'm a bit of a dark horse, uh, kind of F my way, don't I? But it's a bit, of, I can waffle a bit, can't I? You can at that. But hey, yeah. everybody, we're, we're here 375 times, and, and no matter what John and I say, we've done this two hundred times together, maybe more. Maybe I think I, I think it's actually about two hundred and twenty times because I'm pretty sure I joined on episode one fifty five or one fifty four. Yeah, right. So we've done this two hundred and fifty whatever times, but you haven't done it with us and you may not know who we are. So as per my usual, I would love for my co-host, the lovely British gentleman that you can hear on your headset or on your speaker, to introduce himself. Oh, thanks, Rob. I'm Jonathan Denwood. I'm the founder, joint founder of Mail-Right. We build beautiful custom, semi-custom real estate websites on WordPress. Plus, we offer a load of digital um, services and products to get you more leads. And the beauty of WordPress is you own your website. You're not renting it off somebody. That's a great idea, isn't it? Back over to you, Rob. It is indeed. And hey, everybody. My name is Robert Newman. I'm a real estate online marketing consultant. I've specialized in real estate SEO. I've been doing it for 14 years. I have had a very lucky slash impressive career with the number of people that uh, I've worked with. Uh, in California, I would say I've worked with uh, 50% of the top 2%, um, mostly on building websites and doing SEO. So John and, and I got you, and together. You've kept, and you've kept your sanity. And I've, well, maybe, maybe, John, maybe. <laughs> um, so John and I got together a while ago when he had me on as a guest uh, uh, podcaster. And we've been doing this ever since for years now, just talking about real estate online marketing. And today, what we're going to talk to you about, everybody who's listening, is we're going to talk to you about four blogging ideas um, for real estate lead generation. So I want to be clear with everybody who's listening to the show. You can write a lot of blog posts and 95% of them will not generate you any business ever, even if you had 100,000 people come to the website. All right? There are certain things that you can talk about that either set you up for a conversion or take you over over the over the the plate in terms of getting a conversion, getting somebody to call you, things like that. 
And they're oftentimes not what you think because the sexy articles are the ones that you can draw on 100,000 people with. And the ones in my experience that produce calls are the ones we are getting one or 200 people to the site. But they're really specific articles aimed at really specific people. And once the article is read, you've made your impression and you get the phone call. Do you have John's nodding? But I want, I want to hear your thoughts on that, John. Yeah, I think I think that's spot on. Really, it's always, you know, I think the I call them vanity metrics. The vanity, you know, how many social media posts, you know, consumed, how many visitors you get to a website, which is important. If you don't get any visitors, you can't convert them. But on the other hand, I, I've seen loads of websites with loads of traffic. But it's the wrong type of traffic, which um, have very little interest or very little intention of buying the product or service that that the website's supposed to be promoting. I agree. I agree. So here's what we're going to do, everybody. Um, John was kind enough to select an article from June 21st, 2022, which is for real estate blogging ideas to dominate markets on inbound REM. It says it's under real estate blogging ideas. Um, and this is supposed that we decided to reverse reverse engineer for the sake of this show. One of those first subjects that we talk about that's in terms of a blog post is neighborhood guides. But um, here's, there was a time, and I had a lot to do with this article when it was written, John, um, I actually wrote an original article that this one is based off of, and a lot of the, the stuff that I left there is still here. So there was a time when you could write a decent little neighborhood page and get leads. And maybe in some places, in some markets, that's still true. For the most part, however, you're not getting a lot of leads that register with your site, no matter how good your neighborhood information is, or at least most realtors don't have the will to make a neighborhood information good enough. There are still a couple of realtors out there who are mostly content background people, and they've set the entire industry on its ear. Because when they write a neighborhood guide, it's like three, 4,000 words. It's a deep guide. It has pictures. And both of these agents have been consistently generating leads for years. As a matter of fact, they're two of the highest GCI, highest producing agents I've ever seen or heard of. Uh, I wrote a book on them. Can I ask you why you think this is? Because, you know, if you're a newbie agent, let's say in your second, third year, this is something that you could do yourself. Um, I would suggest you really need to have a WordPress website because if you're renting it off your broker or right or one of these platforms where if you totally stop paying, you lose the website. Sure. So, um, but it's something that if you spend a bit of time and produce a really nice bit of what we call and I think you call it as well, evergreen content. Sure. Um, you can just update it once a year and it just keep paying for itself year in, year out, won't it? It does, uh, it, especially if you write the right pieces. But why, why do so little of them do, do is it? it just do it, you know? Well, I think that a lot of realtors don't understand what an information, like a good informational piece of content looks like. And the ones that do generally speak think to themselves that it's 
they understand how much time it takes because they, if somebody was to say it would take me 20 to 40 hours to, to write a page, like on our blog post, we use this example called Tanglewood and we link to the page that we're using as an example because not even we as a professional marketing company have done the job that they've done at Houston Properties because they, they are off the hook with how deep their content is. And so somebody who knows how to write would look at this and go, oh my God, somebody spent 40 or 50 hours writing the original version a week. And they, they would be correct. Houston Properties has made the realtor Paige Martin millions of dollars. That is not an over-exaggeration. The, the number is in the millions. She feeds a team of 30 salespeople off this website. But... They have been working at and writing great content for a while. Why do I think that realtors don't do it? I think the initial investment of time and energy is too high. It's too intimidating. And that's assuming that you know what you're doing, John. I think that some real estate agents, especially some listening to the show, because you all are amazing, because I think that some of them are going to go, well, if I, I could see, I could probably see making an investment. And when you start talking about investment for high-end SEO, when you're talking like $5,000, $6,000 a month, I just ran across Tim Stout. You remember our, Tim Stout, our previous guest? Mm-hmm. He went with a, an SEO company called Andor SEO, who's doing nothing even close to what we're looking at. I'd say they're doing one-fifth of what a page on Houston Properties is. And Tim's paying $5,000 a month for that. Yeah, so, so but can you, before we go on to the next one, can you... Do you think, because we don't want to discourage people because I think there's still some great opportunities here because so few other agents are prepared to put any effort into this. So I do know some, in, I know a couple of agents in Northern Nevada who understood a bit about websites and educated themselves. And there's a couple of names in my mind that have done quite well but can you give some quick out, like some tips, insights about what you think should be in a good neighborhood guide that maybe could give a quick outline? So we're giving some advice to our listeners. Absolutely. If it's going to be a good neighborhood guide, you're going to have all the points of lifestyle interest associated with that neighborhood. I mean, the stores may be ranked by usefulness, usability, such as I have a Costco right down the street. That's one of the first things I tell every single person about living in Van Nuys is I can walk to my Costco. It's an enormously important thing for me. I actually do walk to it occasionally. Um, number two, schools. Number three, if you're older or you're talking to somebody older, some kind of note, notation as to not only the hospitals, but how friendly and easy to use are they. Another thing that is oftentimes commonly asked of realtors that you could throw into a neighborhood guide is uh, information about vets. Some people are so intent on their animals that they are, is there a good vet in the area? And then last but not least, if you're dealing with a younger audience, you might even go so far as to make notation of are there marijuana dispensaries in the neighborhood or around the neighborhood? Um, things of this nature. Once you that's, that's, in- that's very California, isn't it? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, but but you're right, John. Because I have a friend that that's buying a nine million dollar studio city home, and one of his main questions was, "How far is this house to the closest dispensary?" 
you never can tell in California. No. Like with money, I think, with I think in- the vet, I think the vets would be more my cup of tea. You know, you know, you got to look after your furry friends, haven't you? Sure, and I agree with that. It's just what you have to look out for in a neighborhood guide is if you're listening to this show, the thing that blows my mind is I do write some great content. What I've what I've had the experience doing, John, is is reading other content that other people have written for years. And I have a pretty good understanding of what some of the more creative things are that people have ever thought of ever inside the real estate business. And one of the things that I can tell you is that really somebody is going to think of something that everybody is interested in for the first time. They're going to get it on a neighborhood guide and that's going to drive them a whole bunch of leads. Like whether it's not just restaurants, but reviews to restaurants, your personal reviews to restaurants. I think that the next step in neighborhood guides is connecting a neighborhood guide to your local service profile and starting to put down your own personal reviews as part of that neighborhood page. I think that's the direction that we're going for a strong content page. But now let me tell you something else, John. If you do those things, take all that time. There is no doubt for those of you listening to the show, the numbers are incontrovertible. Go to my website and figure out how I am a science guy. I'm a marketing guy. I'm a numbers guy. I make all my decisions based on the math that I'm able to get my hands on. And this guide that you're talking about, these content pages, they generate more leads over time than any other method that you can try. They stay relevant, just like John said. It's like, what happens if, okay, Robert, you have to update it. Sure, but once the big thing is written, you go through, you spend 30 minutes like every year. And if you have hundreds of these pages, that is a long time. However, like Paige and um, I'm forgetting his name right now because I'm tired, but the other guy in, on, that do Ruby Home, between the two of them, they've sold a billion dollars in re- real estate. That is a, with a B, people. Not an M, okay? And they've done it all using content marketing and very little paid advertising. So when you're wondering to yourself, what's possible? The answer is you can create generational wealth by doing this well. That's what the answer is. So So, shall we go go on to number two then? Sorry, Um, yes. local, Local real estate niche articles. So give us an outline what that is. Rob. So uh, Tim Stout had it, had it, it, talking about Tim, Tim had Lake Homes on his, his website and was targeting very deeply homes that were on lakes. And I think he's probably making his money, if he's making any at all, off that specific search. So niche real estate is um, niche neighborhoods, niche home types, niche like pro, like we've got probate people here in California. That's a niche. Um, you've got you've got other things as well. Um, like it, it doesn't, you know. There's a hundred different ways. I'm probably going to go back and talk about niches again because when you're talking about niches, I wrote an article that had 150 different niches in it. And funnily enough, John, I can only remember like five or six. But I remember when I researched and wrote the article, I'm like, holy shit, there's a lot of different ways yeah. that you that you can make money because you can anything can be a niche for you. It doesn't have to be a home type. It doesn't have to be a neighborhood. It could be... Uh, Gotham Properties here in LA, who I used to consult with, their niche was training their salespeople to be actual ex- expert 
real estate transaction consultants, and they were brilliant at it. They had a deep level of knowledge about what you could do with a piece of property, how you could financially maneuver it, uh, 1031s, living trusts. These were all things that they talked to their clients about. They basically raised the bar of technical education very, very high and actually created this mystique around their salespeople that they were actually educated like a doctor or lawyer would be. When you went to them, you were getting advice from an investment person, from a real estate-like officer, all of it. And it was pretty, it was pretty incredible. It was so incredible. <laughs> the guy who founded it got bought out almost instantaneously. He created a huge curriculum, John, and then he got bought out within six months. Like it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I think when um, I think <clears throat> we've spoken in other episodes about if you, which if you're starting out, it's totally understandable, but. As soon as you get any kind of traction and and understand what are the type of customers, properties, locations that you like dealing with, the more that you can focus on a niche as a real estate agent professional, the better you're going to do in, in this industry. Um, that trying to market to everybody is... Seems seems to be the right idea, but it isn't. It, it is. It, it's not so, a good idea at here's all. There's a lot like a list of names of people that focus on niches. So it's Jeffrey Highland before he passed. Okay. Mauricio Mansky. Um Josh Flagg. Um the um uh my client, Jacqueline Thompson. Every single name I just mentioned to you is probably top 50 in California, top 50 producer in California. There's a few people, really old school people such as Joyce Ray and a few others that don't seem to appear, don't focus on niches, but they've been around for so long, you would never be able to replicate your success if you tried to do it exactly the same way in the exact same cities. You'd have to wait as she has had to wait for 30 or 40 years before you started to see your business grow the way that hers is. Everybody else, even here in LA, even in Hollywood, they're focused on niches and surprising niches at that. They're not the niches that everybody thinks. Like Jeffrey and Mauricio, while they would do the listing and take the listing, I think they focused their actual energy on luxury condominium high-rises. Like their actual marketing energy, their shaking hands and going places and meeting people, all of that was more focused around buildings that had units that could they could sell from between two and 25 million. And so that's a niche. And everybody who makes a ton of money is doing it. Some people like Christoph Chu have targeted, like he is focused on Beverly Hills for the, almost the entirety of his career, like just Beverly Hills. Now he do has many think, other places. Do you think, you know, obviously there's a lot of other factors, you know, intelligence, hard work, commitment, blah, blah, blah. But do you think this is one of the key factors? Because you know and I know that about 20, only about 20% of individuals in the real estate industry make a really, really good living from it. Do you think identifying a niche is one of the key factors that will determine if you're going to become one of those 20%? certainly does. But I'd say mindset and self-education are the others. 
Like, yes, understanding that you have a niche, but understanding like being and being disciplined and diligent about targeting that niche, talking to that niche, showing up for that niche. You know, Jacqueline focuses on a single neighborhood, Shady Canyon. It's where 80% of her business comes from. It's only 300 homes. And she's, you know, she's one of the top producing agents in the country. You know, the same thing goes for other people. But but just because the the market is small does not mean that there isn't a very, very large degree of work that that agent has put into building up the kind of untouchable reputation that like Jacqueline has put up because she's doing it. She's marketing to these people. She's mailing. She's knocking on their door. She's walking the street. She's putting her signs up. She's doing probably Brian Tracy used to have this old sales methodology that he used to train on called the five touch mechanisms. And he pulled it from other sales trainers. But the psychology of a sales process, John, is that somebody has to be introduced to you five times before they're ready to buy. And things have not really changed in the digital age. We've just transferred those touches online. Okay. So when you're working a neighborhood or a niche or anything, you target the hell out of your audience and just try to keep introducing yourself to them till every single person in your niche knows who you are. That's really the only objective. It's the only objective I have with inbound REM. I'm not trying to sell everybody a website. I just want them to know who I am. So, you know, that's, that's what I think. And when it comes to blogging, because we're talking about blogging, guys, when you have a niche, it gets very hard for me to talk to you about what that niche is going to be or, or what you should be blogging about within that niche. Paul Kaplan is one of my favorite people to talk about. He sells modern homes here in California. He does it specifically out in Palm Springs and Palm Desert. That's his niche. And he talks about modern homes on his blog all day long, 24-7. That's all he does is talk about modern homes out in that part of the country, but sometimes he talks about them in other parts of the country too. He talks about the history and where you find these homes and why he likes them so much and what's unique about them. And I can go on and on and on and on. And so that's what you talk about when you have a blog and he gets a massive amount of word of mouth. He sells a ridiculous percentage of the modern homes that are for sale in Palm Springs and Palm desert because he committed to a niche. He loves the niche which is interesting. Like he actually just likes it. Like give him a chance to sell just a regular old house or a modern home. And I, I haven't confirmed this, but I think that he's going to go, oh yeah, give me the modern home. You know, if his schedule is full and he has no ability to service and he has a modern home over here and a non-modern home over here, he's going to go sell the modern home. I can be, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's great. Shall we go for a break, Rob? Yeah, let's please do it. So everybody, thank you so much for... Uh, humoring me and john tonight was last night was one of my deep 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 insomnia nights i only got a few hours of sleep so i may be a little lost in the sauce um they happen every so often so thank you for bearing with me john thank you for bearing with me wherever you guys are at where you're watching the show listening to the show do us a favor and give us a comment all right we'd really appreciate it we'll be right back do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Mail Right Show. We are in episode number 375. And as usual, John and I are all over the place talking about so many things. But 
we're talking, trying to talk about really good blog ideas for real estate lead generation. That's what we're trying to talk about. I think think we've been successful so far. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to take your word for it. I am... Uh, we talked about neighborhood guides, and the second thing that we talked about was was blogging about a very specific niche, niche, okay, inside the real estate space. So now let's talk about um, financial, financial and tax information. Okay, now niches and speaking deeply inside your niche. So everybody needs to hear me on this. All these ideas work, all of them. But if you want to say, Robert, what's the most effective strategy short-term, long-term, all-term, it's absolutely the one we just covered. It is picking a niche, discussing it, really getting into what people care about inside that niche. And everybody hear me. What do you think, John, if you had to guess, if I was to say, here's an idea for how to write for a niche, but this this is the number one thing you should do. What would you think you would need to do to write about a niche? What do you think one of the things is that you could do to find some interesting ideas to write an article when you're talking about a very niche market? Well, you caught me out here. Nothing occurs, you know, part having a passion for it, which you touched in the first half. Um, Yeah, you caught me out there, to be honest, Rob. Nothing beats talking to people that actually live, work, and exist inside that niche. Nothing beats it. Okay. Nothing beats it than thinking that you have an idea for a blog post and calling a business owner that may be in an area that you service or calling a past person that you did a transaction with. All of you, every single person, you included, John, we are content machines when you train your mind for the discipline of remembering the questions. I think that's a, I think that's a great, Great insight there, Rob, because it kind of fits in. Because, you know, doing a podcast, doing videos about the niche, you know, just building a whole, getting those five touch points which you outlined before we went for our break, it kind of all kind of links in, doesn't it? Yes. But the number one and the number one thing I do, I do research, I do keyword research, which is part of it. Like, and you can do keyword research, but I teach my clients keyword research is secondary because you're going to tie a subject into a title that people are searching for, and then you're going to match the content to the title. But what you really should be doing is you should be out there talking to people, remembering the questions that they ask you. And for those of you listening to this show, anybody that's a professional salesperson, John, me, anybody that promotes a business, you get sick of answering some of the same questions because it's it's an absolute fact that if you're selling something eventually you're going to have the five or six questions that everybody asks you and you just get a little bit tired of answering them those five or six things are your number one blogging subjects because at a minimum you can send somebody to a digital place to answer those questions at a maximum you're now driving in a lot of curiosity curious people who appreciate you answering those questions so much so or the expertise that you have is so well established in their mind that they pick up the phone and they call you. Okay. So going the route of highly specific information, especially if it's based on questions that people who work, want to buy homes in that niche, want to sell homes in that niche, want to 
look in that niche. You know, million dollar homes are great for one thing. They get lots of looky loose. You could build in a massive list by trying to sell a single five or $10 million home or one that's in the top 2% of your market. And the smart realtor would create a mailing list around it, have conversations with everybody, understanding they probably weren't going to sell that home, but they would create a large amount of dialogue and then come to market with a couple of smaller homes in the same area, like the same niche. Mm-hmm. You take the top of market and then you collect all the information from all the people who, who just want to look, want to gawk, who want to dream. And then, and then you let them dream. And then you say, by the way, now that we're, now that we're done dreaming, I've got this really cool thing over here. Well, and the other thing is, before we go on to the financial and ta- taxes, the other thing occurred to me as you were saying that, Rob, is that this is so fantastic because it's self-fulfilling. Well, what I mean by that is that the more you talk about the niche and all the things you've outlined, the more these people consume it, that you're targeting it, they're pre-qualifying themselves, aren't they? The more they consume it before they they approach you. Correct. Correct. So financial and tax information, closing costs, property taxes, 1031 exchange information for specific areas. A lot of financial and tax information will surprise everybody listening to the show. Some of it doesn't change state to state globally. Some of it's federal. Some of it doesn't change. Unfortunately, though, a lot of it does. And your consumer, whether you know that or not, and you should as a professional real estate agent, but your consumer will know that, especially if they bought or sold a home before. And the financial and tax information is something that you get burned by once. And then generally speaking, people are willing to do a much deeper dive than you'd ever think, looking at things like closing costs and property tax and and really understanding what they are, what what can possibly input the sale. And why is that? We all get handed a big stack of paperwork, but as one of the line items, eventually we're going to have our our closing fees and things like that as part of that. And we're going to see things like 1% on for something, which is going to be here in California, it's going to be $10,000 that we just took from you, Mr. Newman. Thank you for the 10 grand. You're like, what? It's not small. The numbers are never small in these things. A quarter of a percent adds up. 1% really adds up. More than 1%, I I would recommend that everybody's paying attention to because this is a 20 to 25 year transaction for most people. And in California, it exceeds a million dollars almost every single time. So it is simply not small. And you should be paying attention to where your 10 and your 30 and your 40,000s are going. Well, I think Well, yeah, I think you're spot on because I think, you know, a lot of, like you say, a lot of housing in California, Southern California, you know, it's a million dollars, you know. Um, The tax, property tax, a lot of people are in for a shock, aren't they, in the next few years, aren't they? Yeah. They sure sure are. Not a pleasant shock. Not a pleasant Um, another financial and tax information is things like probate. And, and I can go on and on. There are lots of different things to do around uh, financial information. Um, in my article, we listed an example of a, an article that we wrote three, four, five years ago. I don't even know. It's still on the first page and we never updated it. And it's, uh, it's basically property taxes in Atlanta. And we still mm-hmm. somehow maintain on the first page for this article for years and years and years talking about property tax. And we don't really get that much competition. The people that want a competition with us are like NerdWallet 
and uh, property base. They're not actually direct competitors of ours, and they're not direct competitors to the client. So it doesn't really matter to them. They're not competing for your real estate prospects attention. They're competing for some other reason. They want to sell tax services or something. I'll tell you another good subject, but I, I just want to see if you think it's a good one for an agent to write about, is HOA fees, about how are they, how can you tell if your HOA are just ripping you off? Um, how what, how do you judge you've been charged fairly, you know, because they they seem to be all over the place, don't they? They're all they're they're all over the place, and the second that somebody comes up with a comprehensive national website that covers that that is a social media platform that covers all these HOAs dialogue and that has proper I've seen one or two of these by the way John, but nobody really has the experience growing a digital brand. They don't ex- understand how expensive and how time consuming it's going to be. But the minute that somebody does, that's a, like a ten million dollar idea right there. Because everybody should be having a conversation with everybody else that's ever managed, used, but dealt with this HOA so that you know in detail what to expect. You shouldn't have to attend some meeting in the basement or the rec area of your own building and, and, and do it at like 8 o'clock on a Tuesday night. Also, that you can just basically learn what your fellow homeowners are going to try to force you to do on a piece of property that you've already bought. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous system. And so the yes, everybody's dealt with those HOAs where there's just random so for no particular reason. I don't know. I don't you know, I I I don't see it on any of the Northern Nevada agent websites any kind of outline on, you know, what is the pro are there any guidelines these HO should follow, blah, blah, blah. What, you know, because when you look at different um, properties, it can vary from $180 to $600 a month. Um, and that's, just, that's just tip of the iceberg in California dollars. Yeah, There are places here who, whose HOA fees move you a very long way into what your mortgage payment is. I've seen them be as much as half of the mortgage payment. Okay, so yeah, or more. Some HOAs in some communities here cost equal amounts because they're providing security. They're providing many other things that go along with the fees. And along with that, you come with all the crazy California laws. We have to insure everybody and make sure everybody's making over $15 an hour and blah, blah, blah. So it adds up. Um, So for those of you listening to the show, number three is that tax information. Go to my blog post if you'd like to see more. Now, number four is engagement blog posts. And this is our bonus content because really we're out of time. All right, this is the end of the show. John's going to separate it. We're going to have a little piece of a bonus content. Move on to either the mail hyphen right blog channel or move on to inbound REM uh, YouTube. Uh, just Google YouTube in- inbound REM. Um, either way, though, you're going to find a- an article. Now, the last way to make a lot of money using content for real estate lead generation ideas that involve blogging. And this is, this is very low-hanging fruit, everybody. Relocating to, moving to, or living in. I just gave you the three top titles. Those are keyword titles. With the digital landscape shifting the entire world, like the entire country and its population, those three keywords are massively used, plus retiring in. So it's moving to, living in, retiring to, um, and moving to, right? Relocating to. 
That's what's happening right now. All the fan companies letting all those people go. Everything that you've heard about or read about in the news is is propelling a large movement in our population, maybe as much as three to four percent of the population is on the move right now. And that means that these guides get a tremendous they're both sexy, they get traffic and they get you leads. It makes them a trifecta in terms of writing about like anybody that has a website or a YouTube channel or or a Instagram channel that's not trying to explain to your audience the pros and cons of moving into a neighborhood, relocating to a neighborhood, you're really missing out on a big revenue stream possibility. Like I wouldn't even understand that as a real estate agent. Van Nuys is a a really blue collar city and I don't think that very many people except ones who are struggling with home price move here. Like it's just a, it's a, it's one of the only places. I'll give you an example. Um, I like, I like to ski, Rob, and I normally ski at Heavenly in Lake Tahoe. Every Mm -hmm. time I go skiing, I'm on a ski lift. I start chatting to the person next to me. Um, We've moved to Northern Nevada. We've moved four months ago, a year ago, three years ago. Oh, we moved from the Bay Area. We've moved to Northern Nevada because we like we liked the area. I must have that. I must hear that. If if there isn't, when I go skiing, I must hear it three times during the day. I've moved to Northern Nevada from the Bay Area. <laughs> And that would be what John just said was an opportunity for a content piece because now you, if I'm the realtor and I'm sitting here on a ski lift and that's the reality, I get to do this. I get to say the surprising, um, the surprising reality of skiing in Reno for those who've just relocated. I'd have to rejigger the title, but I have a blog post based on what you just said. I do. And yeah. and the blog post would be what what does it cost? Where do you go? And how do you how do you get into skiing? And I'd aim it specifically. I'd mention the amount of times I've had people from the bay up here talking to me. So I figured I'd just make it a little easier for everybody else. And now I've got an article that's targeted at pe- people moving from the bay, headed into Reno, doing something that they love skiing. And I bet I won't. I'm not normally a betting man, and I might be wrong. If we did a search to find a really good article, what you've just outlined, on any Northern Nevada website, Lake Tahoe-based or the Reno area, I bet we won't find one. Probably not, is, is my guess. I don't think that we would find one. I don't think that we would. So, ladies and gentlemen... That's it. We're done with this subject. But but let me just summarize this and close this out by saying, if you don't understand that we are living in the information age and that providing the best information is actually a marketing strategy, please do yourself a favor, sign up for some beginner digital marketing courses, some beginner courses in SEO. We are deep in the weeds uh, in in the information age, John and I are just talking about little signs of that. People consume more information on video. Hey, you know what? ChatGPT may change that and say that Microsoft stuff starts to propel audio ads inside their search results and that they take a much larger percentage of the search market than they used to have. But guess what? Doesn't actually change what John and I would really be talking about. Not really. It just changes where it's happening. That's it. That's the destination. 
you've got to say to yourself, where do you stand on being a personal information provider? And for those of you who are still in that, I just want to pay somebody and get my leads. And, and if I'm going to share any of my expertise, it's going to be inside a single conversation with a person that I'm talking to already. Guys, that is a dying and dead strategy. You are living in the past. I hate to break it to you, but that's the truth. John, how would you like people to get in touch with you if, um, if, yeah. if it was so inclined? Thanks for that, Rob. Um, I just want to point out, if you're looking for a good platform for your website, plus a CRM, uh, Mel Wright, we're a third cheaper than Real Geeks, Bold Leads, most of the other CRM website systems that you're looking at, at least a third cheaper. So if you're looking, and I've been at it for about five years now, um, so if you're looking for a really good platform that you own, plus it's great value, go over to mel-right.com and have a look at what we've got to offer. Back over to you, Rob. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, thank you so much for sharing your time with John and I. Um, we appreciate it. We're both a little crazy, truth be told. Um, and uh, But I think that most people are in their own different ways. We're, we're just our own brand of crazy. And uh, we really appreciate your patronage, the numbers, as far as I've, I've always heard, keep growing. I occasionally do promote the show. I occasionally don't promote the show. When I do promote the show, my numbers, my side of it, they go way up. That just means that I, I know a lot of people are listening. And I occasionally get that feedback too, John. And I just want to say, everybody, we know your time is valuable. We know how hard the job is that you've chosen for yourself. We really appreciate you giving us a listen. And if we can ever be of more service to you, just drop, please either email me at Robert at inbound REM or Jonathan at mail right.com. Uh, either way, you'll get a response. You'll discover that we're, we're what we sound like. Just two guys, you know, doing our best to one, build businesses, no doubt about it. But also number two, provide good advice and help while we do it. Would you agree, John? Oh, yeah, especially from you. You're the one that's got the 15 years experience. I, I, um, but I think the main thing is, yeah, I, I think there's great opportunities still out there if you're a committed real estate agent professional, you know. Uh, I think it's still possible to build a really great business and use your website and your online marketing to really get that success for you. I honestly do believe that. But And the great thing, if they listen to quite a few of our episodes, I think we give a great outline of the things they've got to know, not only through our discussions, but through our guests. I think we've given a lot of value, Rob. Me, me too. And I certainly hope that we have. But if anybody disagrees, you can always talk to us. I don't know what our response will be, but we'll listen. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. John, take, oh, if you'd like to find out more about me, I, uh, I am a shameless plugger in a different way than John is. I'm visual. You can see it on my shirt. You can see it on my background. Just go to inboundrem.com. See, John, I went back with new branded logos and uh, to, so that I don't have to incessantly do this. It's this very, is who we are. It's very impressive, Rob. We'll see, we'll see people next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.